Are y'all ready for the word? I said, are y'all ready for the word? Go ahead and stand up on your feet for the reading of God's word. We're going to jump right in. If you haven't noticed, we're starting a brand new series. Somebody tell me what it is. Why? Yes. Good job. Good job. If you don't know uh, the singer that sang that, for those of you uh, who don't understand who the king of pop is, uh, it is the one and only Michael Jackson. And uh, it's a great song. But I think there are some lyrics in that song that are going to help reveal some truths in God's word. So starting in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8 and 9, it starts by saying this. It says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. A few moments, I want to ask you a question. And this question is the title of the message for week one of this series. The question is simple. It's just, why? Why? Look at your neighbor. Look at him real good. Say, neighbor, why? Why? Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, help us to understand why you do the things that you do. And all God's people said... Amen. You can grab a seat. You can grab a seat. The question I want to ask you is also the question I want us to answer, and we'll get to the answer later, but tonight the question is, why? Just quick show of hands, quick show of hands. Have you ever asked God why? You, just, you ever asked him why? I guess none of you asked God why. Let me ask you another question. Have you ever wondered why things happen? Why would a loving God create an eternal hell? Have you ever asked that question? Here's another one. Why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? If you've ever asked these questions, these why questions, you're in good company. And one of the undeniable, identifiable traits of young people is your proclivity, your predisposition, your tendency, in fact, your frequency to ask questions. And not just any question. You know a question you ask more than any other question? You guessed it. Why? Uh, in fact, one of your favorite and most asked questions is why. And for most of you, you probably grew up similar to the way that I did. Uh, and when you got asked the question, if you ever asked your parents the question why, your parents looked back at you and said, because I said so. Your parents were just like my parents. I, I would ask why, and it was like, because I told you so. I'd ask, why are you saying so? She was like, boy, hush. You know, we just get to this place where we keep asking why. And if we're honest, that answer just simply isn't good enough sometimes, is it? Why? Because we want to know more. You want to know more. You, you want more revelation. You want to discover. You want to develop reasoning. You want rationale. You want to develop logic. You want to know why. And questions, as Michael Jackson said, are just human nature. And sometimes your questions are funny. Some of you ask some of the best questions, like your questions really are funny. Some of you, your questions are serious. Others of you, your questions are annoying. I just needed to let you know your questions are annoying. They bother me. They bother everybody else. Stop asking them. For others of you, your questions are thought-provoking. Questions like, is a hot dog a sandwich? Like thought-provoking questions. These are important questions. Or is it a taco? Like questions. Here's another one. Sometimes your questions are scary. They're scary. And we want you to know that it's okay to have questions because guess what? I have them too. 
And you need to know God doesn't get mad at your questions. Why? Because he wants you to keep bringing him your questions. He wants our questions because you don't have the answers within yourself. And God's answers won't be based on what he thinks you want to hear. That's how good our God is. And so to keep going in this direction, I need you to understand God's answers will always be from, they will always reflect, and they will always reinforce his written word. Questions. Who are they? People are questioning the world, the culture, and some people are questioning themselves. So we need to be set free from some negative mindsets, some bad theology that tells you that you are betraying God if you bring him your questions. Some of you have been taught unintentionally, you believe the lie that you cannot ask God questions. That there's something wrong if you have, a, if you have this, this unction to ask God a question that somehow you're letting him down since God knows everything, you think you should know everything. Because the Bible has all the answers for life, we think we should too because we're Christians. And the well-meaning believers attempt to answer questions that no one is even answering. All the time, all throughout social media, all throughout the news. Is the world going in? What's going on in society? What's, what's really happening? And we think we have to have answers to questions that no one is asking. In fact, I want you to write this down. Point number one, there's a difference between asking God a question and questioning God. There's a difference between asking God a question and questioning God. Pastor Will, what do you mean by this? Why am I telling you this? Because God wants to know what troubles you. He wants to know what wakes you up in the morning. He wants to know what keeps you up at night. The things that you can't get out of your head. Why am I here? Why did this happen to me? If God knows everything, controls everything, why does he let these things happen? The questions that keep bothering you. What is the point of all this? Questions. Point number two, you probably should write this down. God is not afraid of your questions, but we are afraid of his answers. God's not afraid of your questions. The reason we don't ask questions is probably because you're afraid of his answers. Pastor Will, I ain't afraid of nothing. I ain't afraid of his answers. I bet you would be. If God spoke to you right now, you'd be like, oh, no. Who is that voice? I've never heard it before, but it's very strong, and it's telling me to do things that I don't want to do, but I should do them. God is not afraid nor threatened by your questions. In fact, he is prepared for them. He desires them. I believe that's why sometimes we don't pray. We're afraid of the answer. Might I add that he will always answer your prayers in one of three ways. If you haven't heard me say this before, you should probably write it down. He'll answer a prayer, yes, no, or wait. He's real good at answering prayers. We're just not always good at praying. And sometimes when we get disappointed by God, instead of talking to him, instead of asking him, we ask ourselves, did, did I do something wrong? Why, why isn't God speaking to me? Maybe this is my fault. I, th- I thought God loved me. I thought the Father loved me. Maybe he's not as good as they say he is. You start asking yourselves things you should be asking God. And we're afraid of the answer because it will reveal something about us or something about God that we don't understand. So we avoid questions altogether. And usually when we ask God why, it's rarely about him. It's almost always about you. And you know this to be true because sometimes we ask people why and we don't even want an answer. For example, funny story, I'll let y'all know. I'll give you insight into the day, of, the day in the life of Pastor Will. It was a Wednesday. I'm just kidding. That's not how I start this. But it was today. 
And Juan, who works at our church with us. Juan is amazing. By the way, side note, Juan helped design this. Can y'all give it up for Juan Pinto? Wasn't that amazing? Matter of fact, the song that you heard today was made by no other than our very own Aussie Jack on the track. Can y'all give it up for Jackson Anderson from Down Under? He made the song. And then it gets better. It was James's creativity to come up with the song of why, why? Tell him that it's just human nature. Can y'all give it up for James Hall? But what's so funny about me mentioning these guys' names is two of the three guys today on this Wednesday, on this rainy, wet Wednesday, which I'm glad that you're here, they decided to tell me while I was in my office that in one of the men's bathrooms upstairs that there was poop on the wall. Who poops on the wall? Who knows? We don't know why. Why? That is not human nature. And sometimes we ask questions to why, and we don't want to answer. I wish I could find the person so I could say why, and they're like, because I'm like, it doesn't matter why. You're disgusting. It's about expressing our disapproval, confusion, and frustration. Why? The teachers in the room will tell you. They look at their children sometimes in the classroom. Why? Why'd you bite them? They taste good. You know, it's just why? Why? And then we get to this place. Sometimes God will do things that disappoints us, and we will ask him why. And before he can respond, we say to him what we say to everyone else. When we say why to God, this is what we say. I don't care what the answer is. You let me down. You, were supposed to do, you weren't supposed to let this happen. I don't see how this could possibly be good. I don't care what, about what your answer is. This isn't right. Why? So let me explain something to you. You probably should write this down. God doesn't owe you an explanation, but he is gracious enough to give you one. God doesn't owe you an explanation, but he is good. He is gracious. He is kind enough to give us one. Pastor Will, what do you mean? He's gracious enough to speak to us and give us an answer. That's why prayer is important. This is the only God in all the universe who talks to the things that he created. He has a constant conversation, a communion with us. When we worship him, he comes and lives with us. He resides with us, and he's so good. He's so God that when you make a decision to follow him, it's not just good enough for him to talk to you. He's like, you know what? I'm going to knock on your heart. I want to live in you. That's how good he is because he wants to talk to you. And as said before, the answer he gives is not, all, not always the answer that we like. I'm not, it's, it's not always the one that we want. They have no idea what his will is, and we desire to manipulate God's will to fit our wants. God, if you'll just do what I want in my life, if you'll just do what I will in my life, just I need you to. And when he doesn't, you say, why? And we say things like this, if God knows what I need, he should, just, he should just do it. Why should I even have to ask? That's a verse in the Bible. It literally says, your father knows what you need before you ask. We misinterpret it. We think, if he knows what I need before I, before I need to ask, I don't even need to ask. He should just do it. For that very reason, we can be tempted not to ask God for the things we need. But listen, it would benefit you to understand it pleases the father to please his children. It pleases the father to provide for his family. It pleases the father for his children to ask things of him. Ask any parent. One of the best things that a kid, a child could ever do is come up and ask them a question because it communicates 
they still need you. But Pastor Will, what do I do when I don't know? What do I do when I think I have to know everything? What do I do when I want to be in control? You should write this one down. It's going to be good. I know that I don't know, but I know who knows. Pastor Will, I'm confused. Don't worry. We'll explain. I'll say it again. I know that I don't know, but I know who knows. What does that mean, Pastor Will? I'm confused. That's not grammatically correct. I need help. I know that he knows. When I don't know something, I know my God knows everything. When I'm confused about life and the struggles and the situation, I know that he knows everything. When I can't see everything going on in my life, I know that he knows everything, and I know that everything will be okay. People have been asking me, am I ready to be a dad? It's one of the most popular questions. It's one of the things they ask me. Literally, some of the ladies in our church, they come up to me, are you ready to be a dad? No, ma'am, I'm not. I have men come up to me, and they don't ask questions. They make statements. Are you ready for your life to change? I'm like, what does that mean? No one knows what it means. It's like the question, how many licks does it take to get to the center of a titter pop? No one, the world might never know. I don't know. I don't know how to answer this, but this is my answer. I want to tell you my answer. I am prepared to learn what I don't know, and I am aware that I have a lot to learn. That would behoove you to remember that. I, I am prepared to learn what I don't know, but I'm aware that I have a lot to learn because when I don't know, I know that he does. Pastor Will, give me some Bible for that. Okay, 1 John chapter 3, verse 20. But even if we don't feel at ease, God is greater than our feelings, and he knows everything. He knows everything. I know that I don't know, but I know who knows. He knows everything. Nothing has ever occurred to him. He is not in heaven on his throne. And he says to himself, oh, myself, when I ask God why, I have to trust that he's been God long enough, that he knows what he's doing, that he knows how to do his job better better than I do. I've got questions. I'm a little confused, but I will trust that he knows what he's doing, even though I don't know or understand what he's doing. Pastor Will, I, I I just got some questions. I know that God's good, but sometimes I want to know how things are going to work in my life. I want to know how this plays out in my life, how his purpose and his plans for my life will fit into my life. They will fit into my plans. I just want to know. And this is when our why questions come out. This is usually when people ask why, when there are things that God can do, could do, but didn't do. That's usually when we ask why. When there are things that God can do, could do, we would want him to do, that's when we ask why. Why not God? Why God? You, you, you did it for them. Why didn't you do it for me? Let's, let's go a little deeper. You healed their mom. Why didn't you heal mine? You saved their life. Why didn't you save mine? You, you helped their friend get over their depression and their suicidal thoughts. Why didn't you help mine? I'm believing that you can do anything, Lord, but why won't you do anything for me? You saved their family, but you let, you let my parents get a divorce. You, knew, you, you know we, we only have questions about the things that we disagree with. That's usually the only time when people ask questions. So please write this down because... 
This is where everything starts to make sense. For every why in your life, God responds with, I am. For every why in your life, God responds with, I am. Pastor Will, what does that mean? It's kind of vague. I'm going to show you. I am is the answer. And the problem with that is, for some of us, that's not enough. That's not enough. For Moses, it wasn't enough. God speaks to Moses in the Old Testament. God says to Moses, hey, my boy, I need you to, I need you to get your leadership together and go save my people. Go tell old Pharaoh, let my people go. And Moses is like, I, 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 I can't. <laughs> Some people believe he had a stuttering problem. We don't know that to be true, but he says he had a speeching impediment. So then God's like, I'm going to send your brother with you. We're going to send Aaron, little Aaron. He got you. We're going to figure this thing out. And then Moses asks the question, who do I say sent me? And God, he's so smart, y'all. He knows all the answers on Family Feud, all the number one answers. He's, he's real good. You know what he says? Tell him I am. I am what? <laughs> I am. Why is this important? Because you wouldn't understand anything else. You, he, at that moment, God didn't reveal all of what I am meant, but this is what I believe it meant. It meant I am everything you need. I am whatever. I am healer, savior, deliverer. I am, I am. I'm all of it. Isaiah 55, 8, going back to that verse, it says, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. You need to wrestle with and settle, though. You don't understand what God understands. You don't have the knowledge or the foresight or the insight that God has. I can't, underst I can't understand things that only he understands. In fact, Juan said it this way, and I love the way he put it. If Jesus is I am, that means we are not. We are not all the things that we need, but God is enough to be everything we need. He says, I am. If Jesus is I am, that means we are not. He is everything we are not. John 6, 35, he says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty again. I am the bread of life. That means he, he, will, he will feel every need you have, every appetite you have, every desire you have. He says, you'll never be hungry again. You'll never be thirsty again. And some of y'all, y'all thirsty. But he's like, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. If you're afraid of the dark, he's like, hey, you don't even need a nightlight. You need me. I am the light of the world. John 10, 9, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. He's the only way to salvation. I am. John chapter 10, verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life. He's willing to die for you. He's the, he says, I am the good shepherd. John 11, verse 25 and 26, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? John 15, verse 5, I am the vine. You are the branches. I am your source of life. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You can do no thing. I am everything you need. I am the source. I am your nourishment. I am the vine. 
those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Lastly, we read it earlier. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way, I am the answer, and I'm the way of life. You can't get to God without him. I am is the answer for every why in your life God responds with, I am. God, I'm so mad right now. I'm so frustrated. I'm overwhelmed. I'm depressed. I'm, I'm, I'm angry. I'm hurting. I am. Pastor Will, I need some more because I don't get it. Watch this. I don't have to understand to trust him. You should write that down. I don't have to understand to trust him. You do not have to understand to trust him. Pastor Will, that doesn't make any sense. You don't have to understand him to believe in him. You mean to tell me I can believe in a God I don't understand? Yes, I would say that's the reason why you believe in him. Nobody wants to follow a God they understand. If you could explain God, he would cease to be God. You can't. I don't have to understand him to believe him. I may never know why, but I trust him anyway. Why? Because he's the answer. And God knows sometimes you want an answer and you might not like the answer, but we're not the ones who get to decide the answer. He says, I am. When you want answers in your life, you're like, you're, you're like God, why, why did you even do this? He was like, I make the decisions. I am the decision, decision maker in heaven. He's the one who decides. He determines. If you're looking for answers, Jesus is the answer. Because what you've really been looking for, what your friends have been looking for, what you've been Google searching, what your friends have been, who they've been following on social media, who you're friends with at school, who you, what you've really, you've been looking for hope. Let's just be honest. In a world of despair, you've been looking for hope. Let me tell you what else you've really been looking for. For some of you, you're looking for closure. You and that person broke up a long time ago, but they still dating you in your mind and you need closure. For some of you, you need healing, not just physical healing. You need emotional healing because you've been through some trauma. Others of you, you're looking for peace. You're not looking for answers. You're looking for peace. And Jesus says, I am. I'm all those things. Jesus in the New Testament is the full, expre full expression of God saying, I am in the Old Testament. Jesus in the New Testament is the full expression of God saying, I am in the Old Testament. What you've been looking for is not really what you've been looking for. And if God did not allow you to ask questions, you would have never arrived at the answer. That's how good he is. If God, wouldn't, if, God believe, if God said you can't ask him questions, you would have never arrived at the answer. That's how good he is. If God didn't allow you to ask these questions, you would have never arrived at Jesus. He's the only one that can set me free. He's the only one that can mend your heart. He's the only one that can heal you. He's the only one that can make you well. Pastor Will, what do you mean? How do you know he's the answer for your life? Because you've tried money, 
and it didn't work. You tried sex and it didn't work. You tried pornography and it didn't work. You tried games and they don't work. You try covering up all the things, your insecurities with makeup and fashion and it doesn't work. The only thing that works is Jesus. So if your question is why, I wanna ask you, why not Jesus? Why not Jesus? He has to be the answer because that's why nothing else worked in your life up to this point. Let me say it this way. Bringing your questions to the feet of Jesus and you might not leave with an answer, but you will leave with the answer. When you bring your questions to Jesus, you may not leave with an answer, but you'll leave with the answer. Remember the woman at the well? It wasn't about water. She came to the well. It was hot. Jesus was tired. He was like, girl, woman, let me get a drink out of that bucket. <laughs> my, my disciples, they went into town to give me some Chick-fil-A, some with, uh, you know, number one with the lemonade. They'll be back, but until then, let me get some water. They have this whole conversation. If you go back and read the story, it's in John chapter four. She goes there with a bucket. She leaves the bucket and goes back to the city. She went there for an answer and found the answer. And then when she left, left the bucket, went back and told the whole city, she told everybody, come and meet a man that told me everything about myself. They weren't talking that long if you read John. Bring your questions to the feet of Jesus and you might not leave with an answer, but you'll always leave with the answer. Because the only prayers in your life that go unanswered are the ones that go unasked. The only questions that go unanswered are the ones that go unasked. Bring your questions to Jesus. He desires them. What, when God answers your prayers, that's one way of him answering your questions. The Bible is full of God answering prayers and answering questions all throughout Scripture. The Bible, the Bible is all the permission you and I need to come to God with our questions because if it was okay for Jesus to ask them, it's okay for you to ask them. We're going to keep going in this series, and I want you to know Jesus asked some questions. So can you. So can you. Pastor Will, why are we doing this? If you don't ask questions, I will be concerned for your faith. If you don't pray, if you don't ask questions, I, I'm concerned about your faith. Your faith should cause you to ask questions. I'm 33 years old. I've been serving Jesus probably around almost 12 years. Some of you, I've been serving Jesus as long as you've been alive. I still got questions. I still got questions. You've heard me say in small groups, there's no such thing as a wrong question. Side note, there is a such thing as inappropriate questions. But why am I telling you this? Because you haven't been asking the wrong questions. You've been asking the wrong people. You haven't been asking the wrong questions. You've been asking the wrong people. But please write this down. There's not a question you have that has not been asked. You're afraid of your questions. You're ashamed of your questions. There's not one question in your head that hasn't been asked. Solomon said, there's nothing new under the sun. I promise you, there's not a question you can concoct in your head that hasn't been asked. <clears throat> You're asking Google to give you answers that only God can. 
You're asking TikTok to teach you things that only the Bible can. You're wanting social media to show you what Jesus already has. You're asking the wrong people. It's not the wrong questions. You're asking the wrong people. And Jesus has never asked a question that he didn't know the answer to in advance. Again, saying it to you again, there's no question. There's not a question you have that has not been asked. I want to pray for you. If you bow your head and close your eyes, Father, I ask. I ask that you bless them. That's my question. That's my prayer. And I think that prayer is in accordance with your word. So I ask that you bless them because I believe that you will. But Father, I too have questions. But today, I choose to believe. Although I have questions, although I have concerns, although I have doubts sometimes, I believe Jesus is the answer. I believe your response, I am, 